Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. It's an exciting day today. It's always a good day in the house of the Lord, though. Am I right? Come on. It's an exciting day today. It's Intern Sunday. Love Intern Sunday, which is where our interns who have been a part of our internship program, we give some of them a chance to communicate and, and share what God has placed on their heart. It's their chance to learn what it means to preach the gospel. So they, they go through and they get given some scriptures and they work on it and then they submit them to me and I, t- I tell them where the heresies are and we fix them up and then we give them back and, and they're, they're ready. Kristen promises less than seven heresies today. Promises, come on. It's going to be great. We, we are really digging into Luke's gospel uh, throughout this, this term leading up to Easter. We've already had a couple of messages. I don't know if you noticed, but both the main texts from the last couple of weeks have been from Luke's gospel. Today, we dig into the miracles of Jesus. And so uh, Kristen Holden is going to be our first preacher this morning. She is an amazing woman of God. She is somebody who knows what it means to overcome and to fight the battles in her own life and see victory. She is somebody who loves the Word, loves to study it and pull it apart and understand it, not for the sake of pulling it apart, but because she loves Jesus. So come on, Encounter, would you stand with me? And we're just going to welcome Kristen as she comes and preaches. Um, Sorry, just before I start formally, I just had a word put on my heart. So um, yeah, I just wanted to um, just share, we're not Encounter Church and then Online Church. Online Church, you are Encounter Church. And not being in the building, you are still part of our body. You are part of the body of Christ and we are better for having you. Um, And as part of being part of our body is we look out for you. So if you need prayer, reach out. If you need groceries dropped to you because you're in isolation and you're in like the state, you know, reach out, you know. Well, like obviously, you know, in a certain perimeter around our church, like if you're in overseas, we can't drop groceries to you. But, you know, like if you need help, we are your body and you are ours. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you to reach out and just, yeah, formally welcome you to my message today. Woo! But, yeah, anyway, so I am... My name is Kristen. Sorry, just let me... Um, And I... Uh, was an intern in 2021 and most interns will finish up and be like oh I'm an ex-intern now but I don't really like that terminology because ex ex has nasty connotations with it like I haven't I haven't broken up with anything um I haven't left it behind like intern is a starting platform for the growth I'm going to pursue for the rest of my life so I'm not an ex-intern, I'm a graduated intern. (laughs) Woo! Um, And if you need any evidence as to, you know, if I've grown over the year, um, Mike hasn't seen the last edit of my sermon and still let me up on stage. So, um, the process works. Um, 
Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so if any of you know me, you know, I just, I talk, I, t- I can talk your ear off. Um, so my prayer today is that in my sermon, God would speak through me because I know I can talk, but today I want God to talk. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to start off reading the Bible passage because that's always just a great way to center. Um, so today our reading is from Luke 5, 17 to 26. Um, it's the um, Son of Man forgives and heals, which is one of Jesus' miracles. So on one of those days while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and also from Jerusalem. And the Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then, some men came, carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. Since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Seeing their faith, he said, "'Friend, your sins are forgiven.'" Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But so you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher and go home. Immediately he got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded and they were giving glory to God and they were filled with awe and said, we have seen incredible things today. This is the word of the Lord. Awesome. So, sorry, this water bottle sucks. Um, So, to start us off, I just wanted to share um, a quick story about a time I desperately needed a miracle in my life. Um, So, a few months ago, some of you may have already heard this story, um, my friend asked me to come over and house sit for her. Um, So, she has a few chickens, a few dogs, um, some goldfish in this, like, old house um, yeah, I was, I was so excited to house it. It's like in the middle of the Barossa, like I could go for walks through the vineyard in the morning. Um, so yeah, my friend and her family had just left to go on their trip and I had just settled in the lounge room. Um, and yeah, I was having a really relaxing afternoon. And then I thought to myself, there's two dogs in this house. Why am I having a relaxing afternoon? Um, and I, I remembered that if you have children or pets, silence is not a good thing. Um, so I looked down and I saw my friend's dog. Her name's Millie. She was chewing on a quarter of one of her toys. And I panicked because I needed to find the other three quarters. I searched the house top to bottom, like in the weirdest places. I've seen every cupboard in my friend's house by now. Um, like a good five times, but I just like, I knew, I knew in my heart that that toy had been swallowed. 
Um, so I, yeah, I got this huge sinking feeling because I was like, this dog is going to need some veterinary intervention. Um, and let me be very clear, I am halfway through my vet degree. Um, I'm not a real vet. I know nothing applicable in this situation. Um, and this is also a um, PSA. If I have given you any animal advice, advice in the past, please fact check it with a professional because I... I'm not yet. Um, give me three years. So I rang my friend. Um, I rang her husband about 10 times each and no one was picking up. So I threw the dog into my car and drove aimlessly around the Barossa, just hoping something would pop out at me. Um, just a 24-hour vet, anything. I just didn't know what to do. Um, and I was just hoping even just my erratic driving was enough to make this dog vomit. But... Unfortunately, it wasn't, um, and so I was praying for a miracle. Um, and then, then it gets worse. I, um, in my panic, locked myself out of the house and left the car keys inside. Um, however, I did remember that the fly screen on the toilet window was a bit loose and that I could jimmy it off and put it back on without much house damage. Um, so I removed the fly screen. Um, the window is about like that big, um, about two metres in the air. So I thought this story was great because, like, you know, the paralysed man got lifted through the roof. I lifted myself through the roof, like, good <laughs> good parallel. Um, but, yeah, so I climbed up on my neighbour's fence to get, like, enough height to get through this window and then just kind of, like, dove in. <laughs> um, got in. I've got a huge scar on my leg from it, but I did get into, my ha into the house and get my keys. And eventually my friend called back. And we ended up going to an emergency vet um, and, yeah, got all the help we needed. The house, yeah, it was, it was all fine. The dog threw up everywhere into the carpets. But after five layers of carpet cleaner, everything was fine. The dog was fine. House is fine. My relationship with my friend is fine. So I saw, I saw my healing come. And there, it's just this phenomenal feeling of just, ah, it's going to be okay. Um, and it's like the four friends desperate to see healing come to their friend. So, yes, that's my story. It's quite niche, but I'm sure we can all relate to being in situations of pure desperation or of just ending up in ridiculous circumstance, just hoping and praying that God will come through. In the Bible passage today, Jesus came through for the paralyzed man, but it wasn't necessarily in the way people were expecting of him. So as I was reading through the text and breaking it down, I noticed three main points that Jesus kind of addressed as he healed the man in front of everyone. Number one, the Lord recognises our true need, but that doesn't always align with our personal agenda. Two, the Lord loves us and deeply cares for our physical lives. And three, we should come before the Lord with bold faith and persistent prayer. So I'm um, breaking down point number one, that the Lord recognises our true need. When we look at the passage, it is very clear that, um, you know, the four men lifting their friend through the roof had a very specific agenda. Um, you don't need to be an academic to be like, they just want to see this man healed. Um, they had obviously heard of Jesus's healing miracles and wanted to see their friend released from their paralysis. Um, but in reading it, I find it interesting that Jesus doesn't physically heal the man in the first instance. Um, because all through the Gospels, Jesus is renowned for his healing. 
Matthew 12, 13, at his word, a man's arm was restored. John 11, 1 to 44, Jesus raised a man, Lazarus, from the dead. He healed leprosy. He made the blind see, the possessed restored, the deaf hear, the list goes on. Throughout all the gospels, Jesus had compassion on our physical need and met it with heavenly power. So if the omnipotent, hallowed deity in human form sees a man with incredibly obvious physical need and then speaks into something else first, I think we should pay attention. Through through his abundant compassion and love, Jesus saw past the man's agenda and filled the greater, deeper need of forgiveness within him. Jesus loved him enough to look past his preferences and to do the true healing work of forgiveness first. I know... I want to see forgiveness in our world, but not forgiveness, we do have forgiveness, healing in our world. But even if, even if we don't, the Lord is sovereign and we can wholeheartedly trust in his goodwill. I can depend on his unending faithfulness and care. I can trust that God as my father has me and you, his beloved children with his best interest in mind. And in the midst of earthly hopelessness, we have a heavenly hope that Jesus paid the ultimate price and did the restorative work so that through it all, we can be reconciled in relationship to God through forgiveness of our sins. Classic Bible verse I'm going to whip out, John 3, 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Have eternal life. Jesus is doing a restorative work in our eternity His purpose on earth was to come down and complete the critical reconciliation project between us and God, to pay the ultimate price of his shame, his dignity, and ultimately his life, to see us forgiven and thus restored in relationship to God. But moving on to point two, um, our eternity isn't the only thing that God cares about. Um, The Lord loves us deeply and cares for our physical lives as well. Our bodies were created in the image of God. Our physical bodies are just like a mirror of God, like God cares about our bodies. Um, And Jesus didn't have to heal this man. He had already secured this man's eternity through the forgiveness he had given him. But God, full of grace and mercy, cares deeply about our lives now as well. While our first need is spiritual healing from the Lord, the joy God takes in seeing us physically restored is fundamental to his character of love. God does not call us into a life of passivity, knowing that we will have eternity with him. God calls us into a life of action and relationship, knowing that we will have eternity with him. God delights in liberating our earthly chains. He knows our need. He provides our daily bread. This life, it has meaning too. The Psalms are littered with poetry and songs of the Lord's compassion. Psalm 116.5, 
The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Psalm 145, 9. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Psalm 103, 1 to 5. Praise the Lord, my soul, almost all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. God has set aside this life for purpose. And while this, this life on earth is only a single thread in the tapestry of eternity God has set out for us, the single thread of this life is just as important as the rest. Jesus not also, Jesus didn't only heal the man from a place of compassion, but also to demonstrate his power and authority, to signpost the incoming invasion of heaven and earth. Jesus saw the unbelief and doubt in the Pharisees' hearts for the authenticity of his claim of forgiveness. In his great mercy, he provided unequivocal evidence for his glorious power. He healed a paralyzed man. For who can deny that the man who has power to heal, another man at only his voice also has the power to forgive? And so for my final point, come before the Lord with bold faith and persistent prayer. The paralyzed man's friends climbed up onto a roof, ripped through tiles on someone else's house, doing expensive damage to someone else's property to earnestly be in the presence of Jesus. I wouldn't encourage you to trespass and destroy property for prayer, but I would encourage you to get on your knees, get on your knees and pray to the Lord. When was the last time you fervently got on your knees and petitioned the Lord in prayer? Jesus died so that you could have a chat with God, man. Like, why don't we take that opportunity? <laughs> yeah. Like, don't even need fancy words, man. Jesus died so you could have a relationship with God. Like, just do it. Um, and so, yeah, Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Jesus saw the friend's faith and then healed the man. It was through the friend's faith that the man was healed. Intercessory prayer is so powerful. The deep and dire prayer of the heart, knowing that God is the only solution. The Lord is faithful to our prayer. He hears and he answers. We need a belief that Jesus can and that he will. And how abundant is his grace and patience for us that Jesus meets us in our unbelief that the Lord would contain his omnipotence into humanly form, then die the death we deserved. Jesus bought us forgiveness at the cost of himself. May we live lives marked by desperate prayer and reliance in the Lord. May our breath be lined with shouts of praise and may we be bold in petitioning for people to have a heavenly encounter with the Lord. Friends, Jesus healed this man out of love Jesus forgave this man out of love and Jesus loves you too. I just, yeah, my prayer, my prayer for you is that you would lean in and you would just seek the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. 
yeah, so that's all I've got, sorry. Um, but yeah, I just like, I think Mike's going to introduce Mac, but honestly, I'm just going to do an intro first. Um, I, 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 spent, I spent a year um, growing with this beautiful woman in internship, and I get to call her my spiritual partner now, and she just has a fiery soul for the Lord. Um, and yeah, get ready, get, get your spirits ready to hear what this woman is going to preach. I'm trying not to get teary. I'm like, I'm not going to start my sermon off crying like Pastor Brant Jones usually does. <laughs> no shade. He is, yeah, a very, very good role model. I probably should be crying. Okay, I'm going to start off with the Bible, like Kristen. Um, yeah, diving into Luke again, but this is Luke 6, 6 to 11. On another Sabbath... He entered the synagogue and was teaching. A man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The scribes and Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath so that they could find a charge against him. But he knew their thoughts and told the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand here. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? After looking around at them all, he told him, stretch out your hand. He did and his hand was restored. They, however, were filled with rage and started discussing with one another what they might do to Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so um, my name is Mackenzie. I am a graduate intern. Um, and like, I'm going to put it out there. This was one of my BHAG goals. Um, during internship, we, ha- we create like these goals that are like scary, you know, big or big, hairy, audacious goals. This is my big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, and I was so nervous before coming up here, but praise the Lord, because I'm just excited to bring the word to you. Oh! <laughs> okay, so I don't know about everyone else, but at the start of each new year, I create New Year's resolutions. Like, I'm going to start going running, and I'm going to eat the recommended serves of vegetables every day, you know, two and five a day, and I'm going to do my uni work on time and not the night before. You know, I say, new year, new me. And yeah, for a week or two, I do go for a run, and I do eat my vegetables, and I do do my work on time. This sermon excluded. (laughs) But my new year, new me mantra does not ever continue with me past January 31st. Now, the same as with any holiday or celebration, society finds a way to capitalise and make monetary gain from it. For New Year's, it's mostly gyms and vegan blogs that want to reel in the vulnerable (laughs) into subscriptions that will only be used for a month before abandonment. But, you know, they still last the whole year. You pay for a whole year anyway. And, of course, they don't care about how long you use it, how much healthier or fitter you get, because they already have your money. But with Jesus, first of all, 
There is no capital gain for him. There is no monetary gain. And he wants us to subscribe for life and not just on New Year's. He wants us to subscribe whenever for forever. What I love about so many stories from the Bible, this one included, is the lesson that renewal in Christ can happen anytime, anywhere, and to anyone. Now, when I say that Jesus wants us to submit to him whenever, I don't just mean when you feel like it. I mean now. (laughs) Jesus is ready to meet you where you are at now. At the centre of the passage read today, Jesus heals a man with a withered hand and he physically makes him new. I want you to let Jesus renew your spirit as if you were the withered hand. Life without Jesus is withered. It is dark, full of despair, greed, depression, anxiety, anger. Sin is withered and we are sinful. Therefore, we need Jesus to renew us just as he renewed the man's hand in the passage today. So this is the why. But what about the how? I'm going to tell you all a story about a Gen Z called Mackenzie. (laughs) And as you hopefully figured out by now, yes, I did an internship for a year, which is an intensive Bible course with elements of accountability and coaching. Now, there are two major points that I learned during internship 2021. I learned that it was necessary for me to surrender and to be obedient to allow Jesus to renew my spirit. Tim Keller calls these actions disciples of grace. Keller notes that surrender comes before obedience. He says, we don't get changed and we won't obey God unless we're willing to come in under the authority of God. Now, the Bible is your best reference for the acts of obedience and surrender. We have role models from left to right, from Abraham to the disciples to, of course, the best role model in history, Jesus. Obedience to God will be a challenge as you let go of the short-term pleasures from earthly things. But in doing this, you will gain the long-lasting stable and holy good love of God. Obedience is hard, but men will you reap rewards from obeying God. Now, I don't mean money or physical rewards, but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The reason we can receive these gifts, which are the fruits of the Spirit, is because the Son of God was obedient first. He was obedient and he took up the cross so that we may be saved. Now, my second point for today is do not be a Pharisee. Do not ignore the miracle. If the evidence that we get from the Bible is not good enough for you, look around. There are countless testimonies of incredible faith in this room for you to explore. Countless testimonies of God's great love in action. Please, please stick around after the service and ask people about their story. And if you have a story, please share it. Now, if you are ignoring the miracle, like the Pharisees did in today's passage, do not fret, I was the same. I have been a Christian my whole life. 
I grew up seeing my mother and father's faiths, going to kids' church, which taught me that there was a God who loved me, and hearing about how God had helped others. At eight years old, I had trouble sleeping one night, so I sang a song to God to help me feel safe and was instantly filled with the Holy Spirit, which then I felt as a sense of joy and peace. I spent times in church where I would find it hard not to cry, and I did not know why, but it was because I had this overwhelming feeling of peace and love. I went to a Catholic high school where I had role models all around me, nuns who had dedicated their whole lives to Jesus. Yet I never surrendered and obeyed. And so I did not experience God in all areas of my life and in my everyday. I instead experienced the short-term pleasures of the world and chased them constantly without ever receiving fulfillment. I was left feeling anxious, empty and depressed. It is hard to believe that the Pharisees and religious teachers in Luke 6 would see such a miracle take place, then immediately afterwards begin to plot ways to get rid of Jesus. Except when we ignore God's love, we are not that different. We too plot ways to get rid of Jesus and to push him aside. For example, this may be through chasing those worldly um, pleasures or denying our faith by not speaking up about our faith. I ignored the miracle. Growing up, I had it all right in front of my face, such as those faith role models and multiple encounters with the Holy Spirit. And yet I did not choose to take up the cross every day and follow Jesus. So I did not experience the fulfilling fruits of the Spirit. I ask you this, has there been a miracle happen right in front of your face, right in front of you? And has it changed your relationship with Jesus? The acts of surrender and obedience are what helped me and receiving God's gifts soon followed. God is so, so good. And he wants you to invest in a personal relationship with him so badly that he sent his only son to die for you. So what is holding you back? Why are you not saying, here I am God, do a work in me? Do not be afraid of your circumstance, your past, your present, future, your mistakes, your sins. He wants you and he wants you now. Let God renew your spirit. And do not wait. Do not wait for the new year, for a particular season or circumstance to submit to God. Do not wait to read your Bible, to pray, to evangelize. Do it now. Draw your strength from God. It is there in abundance and it is so freely given. Ask our Lord, would you give me the strength and vulnerability to surrender and obey today? Lord, would you help me put aside my ego, my ways and my wants to pick up the cross each day and follow you and your goodness? Friends, why not? Start surrendering and obeying today. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. 
And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.